Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Bet you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, Go Bros, I wanted to introduce you to Mr. John Samuelson coming out of Denver, Colorado. John, welcome to the Go Bro podcast. Thanks for having me, Pat. I'm excited to be here and share my story. Yeah, well, why don't you give us your story? Can you give us a 10-minute, not 10-minute, give us a three-minute story of John from the day <laughs> you were born till now. Okay, I'll try to keep it less than 10 minutes. So I actually grew up in uh, North Dakota. I was born in a really dinky hospital in Harvey, North Dakota. You would have to really look up where that is. And then I spent the first 10 years of my life in a tiny farm town of 500. It was the most awesome thing ever as a small child because you know everybody and you can kind of run wild. So you don't really have to worry about, you know, (laughs) other people at all. So I, I had a lot of fun when I was a little kid. Then I moved to the big city of Fargo and, uh, Fargo has a couple hundred thousand people. And I really thought I was moving to the big city when I was 10. And then I spent, you know, eight years there kind of going through uh, my teenage years. And then by the time I got to being around 18, I hated it. I hated North Dakota. Mostly it's really full of conservative. I'm not against conservative viewpoints, but there's just very black and white. And I just didn't vibe with people there anymore. So I I left and moved to Arizona. I spent uh, five years in at Tempe, I went to Arizona State, got my fill of party school life and got an engineering degree. I got a software and electrical engineering degree, did that. And then, uh, you know, as I was ending college, I had on a map in my apartment where places I wanted to move. And I just stared at the map for a few months and I had circled like Denver, Seattle, Portland, San Fran, more specifically Silicon Valley area. And I ended up coming to Denver and I've been here since spent a bunch of years working in tech companies from startups to I worked at Oracle for a while because they bought a company rat I met my wife uh, had some kids and uh, yeah quit my job a few years ago or about a year and a half ago and uh, here I am today there you go and what do you do now 
So my my primary job function right now is I run the SaaS company. So if you don't know what SaaS is, that's software as a service. I actually started this tool as a kind of a play project when I was working at a real job. And it just eventually morphed into a company. And so the company does online agile retrospectives. And without boring you too much with what that means, if you're familiar with agile, it's just basically a tool to help facilitate meetings to get better. It's kind of the simplest way I can explain it. Um, that's primarily what I do. We also have a consulting business and we also just meet my, I work a lot with my wife. She, her desk is actually half a foot away from mine to the left here. And we're also just starting off a uh, certifications uh, company for some more agile stuff that she does. So a lot of tech stuff is what I do now. Wow. And that's interesting. And both you and your wife are, are techies, so to speak. She doesn't, so I'm like low level coding monkey. She's kind of uh, herding cats. So she teaches companies how to deliver software essentially and more efficiently and with kind of an emphasis on executive teams because executives are usually the people that screw up software delivery, hmm. in my opinion. Wow. <laughs> that makes sense. All right, cool. Well, let's let's get back to you. That's a, that's a great story. How old are you, Jonathan? I'm 33. Okay. All right, let's talk about your horizontal income. Uh, do you, sure. what, what is your horizontal income currently? So I got a new building this year. It should be around 60 grand. So, you know, getting up there a year ago, it was less than 20. So making improvements, but uh, still have some room to grow there. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what does it consist of? Like uh, how many different lines are coming in and uh, what are they? So I really only am listing the real estate that I own on this. Um, and so I have three properties and that's between the three, it's 14 doors. Those are all in St. Louis. Uh, it's kind of weird how I ended up investing in St. Louis. I, like I, I had some stuff here that I sold and then I was looking for somewhere else to put my money and I, I was working with somebody from St. Louis and they kind of talked me into it. And I just, I don't know, I just took action and made it happen there. And I've been there once and not, and I only, I went there like six months ago. So I invested there before I'd even ever been there. Wow. That's uh that's interesting. Probably say the same with me with Georgia. We got a bunch of multifamily in Georgia and I didn't really go there until afterwards, you know? So that's, that's good stuff. Okay. All right. So let's talk about your horizontal to net worth ratio. If I took your, your horizontal income and divided it into your net worth, what percentage would that be? So I have 3%. 3%. Yep. So 3% is uh, about average. It's actually a tad above average. I did a, a, I did a one sheet this morning uh, with one of the members and it came out at 1.1%. And they were like, that sounds terrible. And I said, well, you know, most of the time they come out around two and a half percent. So three and a half, three percent is not bad, uh, especially if it's all coming from real estate. Once you start adding companies and things like that, that's how you get up closer to getting a 10 percent return on your net worth. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never really understood the nuances of that number as much, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like like for the amount of money that I'm worth what return am I getting? 
Yeah. And it, it kind of makes you realize, right? If you're saying, hey, you're worth $10 million and you're only getting a 1% return on your money, then you need to take that $10 million and invest it in something that's going to pay you more. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people chase like 12, 15% returns when you ask them, when you say, what, when you buy a piece of real estate or when you buy an investment, what sort of returns do you want? And they said eight, 10%, right? But when they look at their whole portfolio, it's, it's one or 2%. So yeah. that kind of makes you say, well, wait a minute, maybe I need to sell some shit and, and move it over here and invest more aggressively in this or, or that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting. All right. So what percentager are you? So my one sheet says 22%. Okay. So you're 22% the way there. And what is uh, your D2NW, your debt to net worth, which is important, especially now recourse debt that you personally yeah. signed for against your net worth. So it's, I have 35%. Okay. That's great. Very conservative. Good. Keep it under 50. Very good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I've actually heard you talk about this before with others and harass people when they are trend, trending too bad in one direction. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, with these properties, honestly, I've bought them, fixed them up and um, I haven't, I, like, you know, the strategy is always pull your money out, pull as much money as you can out. I, I just haven't done that because I don't, I don't need to I make plenty of money other ways. And I, I just look <laughs> at it as a safety net kind of. Yeah, it's kind of like diversification, right? E equity and real estate. And it's hard It's hard to continue to do that. It's a great way to grow really fast. Yeah. You know, if you want to build it really fast and you don't have other ways to make money. It's, right. uh, yeah. So, all right, cool. So what percent of your net worth would you say is in real estate as an asset class? So I have 27%, but... I'm including my primary house in that, and that has a lot of equity in it. Mm. What? A, what? A, you said you bought a building. What kind of building is it? An office building? The building I bought earlier this year is five apartments and one commercial space. Oh, I got you. Cool. All right. And uh, what percentage of your net worth is your SaaS company or the other companies that you own? Yeah, so I put this at about thirty-eight uh, percent, and so I actually have gotten a valuation on my SaaS company a year and a half ago, and is at about nine hundred grand. I've almost two point five x my revenue since then. I haven't updated that value on these sheets, and the reason why is because with SaaS companies, that it gets really moon mathy really fast. You know, like there's just stupid numbers that get pulled out of thin air, and so I don't. I don't, I don't really want to update that now. I, it's just not important to me to make that number artificially look bigger. I think it is probably bigger than that, but yeah, it doesn't mean anything right now. So yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it what can I mean? change so fast. Yeah, I know. I know. Unless you're yeah. on a path to sell it or, or, you know, or have sold it, it's hard. Yeah. And then our other companies like our consulting company, I don't, I don't list anything for that because it's mostly my wife. And so you can't really sell my wife. Right. And we're, we're getting bigger in terms of, well, we've, we hired some people to join. We haven't really turned that into a company that's sellable. So I don't really classify that as like a big, like having much value that you can sell. I don't see any point in that. Yeah. I gotcha. 
the wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, let's move on. Let's switch, uh, switch some gears here. Let's talk a little bit about age-defying health pillar. Uh, how much do you weigh? I weigh 280 pounds. Okay, 280. And what is your body fat percentage? I have no idea. Over 30%, <laughs> I'm sure. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so that's the first time someone answered with, with that fat. All right, so what's your, what about, uh, tell me about your diet. What's your diet like? Well, so this is this is all uh, changing again. So you know, without going too down far off on a tangent, like growing up, I was always crazy heavy. Uh, I was up to like three hundred fifty pounds at one point. About then, I don't know when uh, five six years ago, I went down this aid or uh, health kick and was vegetarian for three years. I got down to like two fifteen ish lost a ton of weight and then you know kept that up for a few years and it was great and then when my last child when my son was born and he's two and a half now everything slowly unwound a bit right i was making lots of concessions of working out diet whatever sleep was terrible and i'm starting COVID hasn't necessarily helped because we didn't have daycare for quite a while this year Anyways, all that's saying is I've slowly added it back over the last two years, and I'm I'm now back. I think on like two months ago, I was in the two nineties. I'm I'm kind of trending back down now. Hmm, that's an interesting yo-yo that uh, you went strict vegetarian. Yeah, in years, yeah. I I still now I try to eat mostly vegetarian. It just makes me feel better. And when I say vegetarian, I, I, all I really am saying is a, a whole food, plant based diet. I mean, yeah. I, having some steak, chicken, whatever is fine. It's just cut down on processed food. Essentially, that, that's really my goal in my diet. That's that's it. Yeah, makes sense. What about exercise? Like, what, what what's your exercise, or, or in, in addition to that, what do you want it to be? So I actually just changed this too because I was very frustrated and not it wasn't working. So the last couple of years have been really like strength focused, like lifting heavy weights, and that's been great. And I really like to lift heavy weights, but I always like if I didn't have an hour and a half to go do that, I would just not do that, and then I'd get pissed because I missed, you know legs day and then my whole week would unravel and just mind game stupidness i've kind of changed my thinking now to like i just want to do 20 or 30 minutes a day i don't care what it is that could be yoga that could be uh, just a quick jog i do a lot of i have peloton stuff world they have tons of crap i try to do that and so it's turned into like i can just go in my living room and do this for 20 30 minutes versus I just get upset because I don't have an hour and a half to go work out. So that's that's what I'm doing now. And I'm I just feel like so much less pressure about it to just shoot for twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Good enough. Well let's move on to authentic relationships. Tell me about your family. So I have uh my wife Colleen 
And then uh, we have Kieran Morgan and Kieran Morgan were from a previous marriage of hers, but I consider them my kids. And then we had my son Everett about two and a half years ago. So we, you know, we got a, we got a full party of five. It's, it's a lot. It's the, the older kids split time with their dad still. And when we're all here, it is just like a loud freight train of noise everywhere we go. So it's, uh, it's really fun. I, we try to, you know, hang out and well, this year it's mostly been a lot of indoor stuff, but Kira's really into video games. Morgan's like right in this in between of being a little kid and like wanting to be like a teenage girl, kind of an interesting transition. And Everett is just a, a terror. He's jumping off couches and ramming his head into things. He's just a hundred <laughs> miles an hour. So, you know, we, uh, we try to spend as much time with them as we can. Our work, we work a lot, but it, it's a kind of off times, you know, like we'll stop working at three and hang out with them till eight. And then we work at night again. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, no, that's awesome, dude. Sounds like an awesome family. Sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. I wouldn't want it any other way. That's uh, that's about what uh, sounds like what most kids are up to and, and how most kids act. All right, so let's talk about authentic relationships in the sense of, uh, of adults, right? So yeah. if you were to die today, who would be your six pallbearers? Yeah, so I'm lucky that the... Uh, childhood friends I have, well, I guess teenage year friends I have, I'm still super close with three of them. We talk uh, weekly still. So, I mean, they, I don't know if we care about their names, but Joey, Matt, and Mike, they've, uh, I've been through a lot of stuff with them. And even though we have all dispersed around the country, we, we still keep in touch a lot. And, like I know what's happening in their lives. They know what's happening in mine. And then I would also, my, I have another buddy, Toby. He's really the, the guy that I walked away from college with that I still hang out with. He actually lives here in Denver, which makes it easier. So, yeah, it's just a lot of childhood friends, some college friends. And then if we're answering this Paul Bear thing, I've actually gotten, re, have re gotten closer with my dad in the last two years. So I would, I guess, throw him in there. Um, there was probably a good decade where we didn't talk a lot. Not because there's bad blood, we just didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I had the same thing happen with me and my dad. I think it's a time, timing too. Uh, well, you know, there was a good decade. I think that I just really, I saw my dad like once a year by choice. Like I just, I don't know, it just was. It just is what it was. What it was, you know, at the time. And it's it's different now. Much different now. It yeah. was probably me looking back. It was probably me, but then it was him too because didn't really push it, but. It's interesting. I don't think it's abnormal for, by any means. Uh, so what about your life happiness index? What is your score on your life happiness index? So I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just did this this morning because I, uh, I don't know, I just had never done it, even though I filled out the one sheet before. And it took me quite a while to remember where it was in the GoAbundance tools. <laughs> So for anybody else, go to the GoBundance app, click on the one sheet, and then you can click on it, and it will open up this thing you fill out. It took me some time to figure that out. <laughs> but my score is 5.7, it says. Is that, is that good? 5.7, yeah, yeah. 
So, first of all, thank you for the advertisement because a lot of people don't do that. They don't know it's there. And we try to make it as, as, as easy to find. It's also it's on the website as, as well as the app. So, But uh, it's good that you filled it out. 5.7 is low. And I don't know if – do you normally give low grades to things? Oh, or – you always do, just naturally? That's your personality? It's, well, I mean, I think this got built into me in college. Like, I've, I almost always, like, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like a defense mechanism, almost. I want to set my expectations low so that I can, if I do better, it's great. If I, if I don't, it, like, I don't know. It's probably a personal flaw, I guess, but. I, I, yes, I tend to rank things lower, expect lower, hope to do better type of thing. What is the lowest uh, category? I, I put chill time. Oh. I mean, it, and when you say chill time, I kind of, I, I interpret that as me chill time. Yeah, me time. You should and change it. Pretty actually, much zero. Time, yeah. I don't. I don't have a lot of that. <laughs> So you gave yourself a zero. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know, your kids are young. You got a growing business. So uh, it makes sense. What about, um, and just out of curiosity, what's the highest one that you you gave yourself? Let me look here. One sec. I think it was, uh, I put romance and children were my two highest. That's great. That's great. Because a lot of times people, you know, when the children are the highest, the romance is low. You know what I mean? I guess it's your it's, definition of romance, too, you know? it's It's been hard. I mean, the two-year-old's very tricky, and just in general, right? I mean, we don't get a lot of me time, or us time in general, but we've really, over the last year, tried to carve out times where it's like, we're going to get a babysitter. I don't care. We're, we need We need our time, so. We've worked at it, is I think a big thing, because it did slump down about a year ago, but we've taking corrective action way to go way to go good well good well i encourage you to take corrective action on any of the other ones that are you know too low and could use uh, increasing for sure let's uh let's move on to pillar number four genuine contribution we talk about the give back ratio which is essentially the amount of money and time that you've spent giving to charities right uh, what is your give back ratio? I put 1.5%. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I again, I did a, a one sheet this morning and uh, I think it was at the, it was 1.2% and they were like very insecure about 1.2%. And um, I said, no, that's about right. I said, that's what uh, it's about. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's right that I don't, I'm not going to judge anybody for what is right or wrong on that one, but yeah people's minds get stretched from the church, you know, that 10% tithing. If you yeah. can tithe 10% to the church of your income, especially if you're an entrepreneur making a ton of money, that is a, a lot of money. And I think some people yeah. think like, like I should be given by 10%. But if you make a million bucks, that's a hundred grand. And, and I think that's yeah. great. If you give it, I think it's brilliant if you give it, but it's hard to, it's hard to reach that. So, you know, 1%, Cool. And what do you, what charities do you like to give to or, or help out? So I, I've pretty much entirely, my wife does almost all of this. And I, and I'll just say like, I'm not 
it's just not naturally in my train of thought to like, hey, I just made a hundred grand. Let's let's give two grand of it away. But I will say this is one of the biggest things abundance kind of reintroduced into my head. We don't tend to do as much big charities stuff. We tend to do kind of very direct impact stuff. So like my son's, someone at my son's school's mother was shot and killed like super randomly. And the school was Holy doing this big, dirt. yeah, it was doing like this big, um, like kind of fundraiser type of thing where they're like, can you get 50 bucks, a hundred bucks? And we actually, we asked the school organizers, like, we want to do much more than this. And like, we gave just $2,000 to this family and like, just direct to their pockets, no other people. And like, that's the kind of stuff that really makes us happy. And those stories happen all the time. So like, it's just the effort of asking whoever, whoever is saying the story, you just ask them more questions about it. And you can, I don't know, it, we like it to go direct to where it needs to go. I don't, I not, no, uh, not, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way. Get the direct results. It just feels better. You know what I mean? Like you're in control of it more. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. All right. Let's talk about uh, extreme accountability. Pillar number five. Yep. Uh, tell me about your GoPod. who's in it and, uh, and how often do you guys meet? Sure. So the guys in my GoPod is Michael Jones, Ethan Anderson, although he kind of dropped out. I don't know. He said he needed a break. He has a lot going on in his life. So I'm not sure if we're going to get a new member or not. Uh, and then Cliff Campbell, who's up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, we we meet every two weeks. In the last two months is probably we've met probably twice. One of those times is my fault. Like we, I don't know, we, we quarantined from, uh, our son came home from daycare cause he was around COVID. It's been a kind of a rough last month to be honest with you at our, at our house. So anyways, the, the GoPod, uh, has been pretty good. We don't, I, you know, it's interesting. We tend to just kind of give life updates and we'll say what we're up to, what we're doing every once in a while. We kind of dive into topics of focus but generally speaking, we're not like, um, you know, we're not, I know some of the other GoPods talk about like analyzing deals together or, you know, certain asset classes, or I don't know, we don't do a lot of that. We talk about what we're doing, each other's doing and try to ask pointed questions. And that's kind of how we roll. Yeah. Okay, good. And then, Hey, anytime you want to, you know, another member of your GoPod or, or, or any change up like that, just uh, email Melanie, Melanie at GoBundance.com, and uh, she'll she'll get you guys another member. We have a lot of new members onboarding uh, in December because we okay. announced that the, the, the prices are going up to $10,000 for uh, new 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 members, not for you, but for new new members on January yeah. 1st. So, so we have a lot of people raising their hands signing up. So there's, there's plenty of people to, to fit into your GoPod if you want. If you want another person, cool. All right, let us let's see. Now let's talk about uh, goals a little bit. What is your uh, biggest business goal, John, in the next twelve months? So I, I want to triple my SaaS revenue again. So you know it's easy to to double triple numbers when your numbers are still kind of small, and I think this is a pretty big goal. But I think. You know, we're, we really started like we're 
there's these phases of a business and we're, we're kind of past product market fit and we're figuring out like the channels, marketing channels that are going to scale us. And I think we're, we're pretty close to, to being on a, on another big boom. So that's my goal for my biggest goal for business. Okay. And then what about a personal one? So we've been talking about this a lot and I, I don't, this isn't necessarily a goal. Well, it's a, it's a goal. So, you know, we've been locked down pretty hard. We, we usually like to travel a lot and we have done pretty much zero of that. We want to, and I've never been to Hawaii. We want, and we have a, a close friend that lives there. We want to go spend two weeks in Hawaii. Easy to do, buddy. I know there's a uh, Camille Morris is there now. One of our GoBros, uh, he just picked up and I don't know how long he's hanging out there, but, um, I think Hawaii's pretty open. You just, you know, you just need a positive test in the last 48 hours. And you mean a negative test? Negative test. Yeah. Negative yeah. test. <laughs> negative test. Yeah, it is. We, we're like, I don't know. We're not like doom and gloomers about COVID, but we've just chose to keep a pretty tight. We're just choosing not to do a lot right now. Um, we're kind of self quarantining, so to speak. But uh, hopefully in the new year, we'll, the world will be changing a bit. So. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about some greatest hits. So you're 33 years old. Let's go backwards. Yeah. You know, in the last 33 years, what would you say three greatest hits are in your greatest hits album of life? So I think my my first one that I put down was losing over 100 pounds. And I know I've kind of gained a, a bunch, some of that back, but that was really fucking hard. Yeah, like dude. Oh my God, that's great. It's, yeah, that's it's not... I don't think it's that it's not as bad to maintain weight to lose a lot of weight. You got to make, I mean, I pretty much, you know, this was before family life and I, you know, still in the like kind of active social scene, I just chose not to be social for months at a time. And that's when I got the biggest gains when I just locked everything down. So I don't know that that felt good to get that done with. And now I'm working on it again, but you know. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's one. Give me two more. So another big one for me uh, was my family just kind of segueing. Like, you know, I, my wife had two kids and I kind of went almost not overnight. I mean, we dated for quite a while and I was around the kids, but I almost overnight went from kind of, I don't want to say party boy, but just very out, still going out and having lots of fun and overnight having a family almost. Mm-hmm. And that that changed my life in really good ways. So I'm I'm really really happy about that. Yeah, it makes and then, sense. Yeah, and then my my last one is is just quitting my W two job. It, it's just always been a dream of mine to work for myself and yada yada. I don't I don't know. There's not much else to say about that. That's it's we're, <laughs> we're here. We're doing it, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I quit. That's all you need to say, right? yeah that's good all right cool um congrats on all that uh all right let's talk about the future what do you got in the future let's say you live to 100 you got 77 years 67 years give me three greatest hits in your future i would i didn't think that far out and i think i have a hard time doing it i think my five to ten year goal and that's what i put i stole these from is a five to ten year goal yeah is exiting my SaaS company Mm having an eight figure net worth mm-hmm. 
and buying 50 plus acres. I, I usually say in the mountains, but really it can just be anywhere more remote. And uh, me and my wife call it our fuck off property where, you know, mm. you can do anything you want. We don't like people telling us what to do is really the root of it all. And mm. I, I want a place where it's like my own sovereign nation of, <laughs> of John. That's awesome. I love that phrase. All right. Sovereign nation of John. I love that, man. I want to have a sovereign nation of Pat. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up, John, with uh, uh, your, your uh, spin of the GoBundance app. I'm going to ask you a random question from the GoBundance card game. Okay. John, how long have you gone without cutting your hairs, head and or face? Oh, well, this is going to be a good one, actually, for me, because I used to have hair almost down to my butt. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, from 18 to uh, I don't know, early 20s, was kind of into, like, the music... I don't want to say hippie, but just kind of that world lifestyle. I had super long hair, rocked a ponytail forever, usually wore man buns everywhere. So I don't know. I still would get it cut, but it's probably the longest time. It was probably two years, maybe. That's great. It's serendipity. Isn't that weird? There's like, there's 52 cards, right? 52 cards. There's 104 questions and you get that one. Yeah, I mean. which applies <laughs> to me well. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was supposed to. It was supposed to pop up. So, listen, uh, John. This has been a blast, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on the GoBundance podcast and sharing all these one sheet questions. I appreciate you, and I will see you in the near future at a GoBundance event, and maybe we get together and break some bread. I like it. Let's do it. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife, I love my life, and I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can